Welcome to the Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast. I'm Cheryl McColgan, founder of Heal, Nourish, Grow. The website, this show, and our newsletter all focus on making the science of advanced nutrition and greater overall health accessible to everyone. Buckle up for our latest episode to get ideas, tools, and practical knowledge you can use to improve your health and move towards your perfect version of ultimate wellness. The Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast shares interviews with nutrition experts, health researchers, and everyday people that have changed their lifestyle and nutrition to support greater health. You'll learn how to implement lasting change and create new habits that support greater wellness and a happier, healthier life. Please visit HealNourishGrowPodcast.com for full show notes and links to our guests. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Heal Nourish Grow podcast. Today it's going to be just me, and this might be a somewhat shorter episode than usual, but I really wanted to make sure that I got on here right now because I have a little surprise for you. So if you happen to be watching the video, you'll see it. And if you don't, I'll describe it to you, but it is my little book baby that's here on the screen, the 21 Day Fat Loss Kickstart. And before you jump away thinking, well, this isn't for you, I just want to share with you a couple of things about it, because even if you just never decide to go uh, keto all the way, you know, super low carb, or if you don't want to restrict your carbs, there's still some things in this book that can really help you. So the whole reason for this is I've spent the last six years practicing fasting and low carb. And then the last five years I've been keto. And the thing that I hear a lot, both from people that, you know, contact me to ask me questions or people that I'm working with or the online community, or I see articles a lot that'll talk about keto and that people always want to say it's not sustainable. And I just think that that's kind of funny because myself, as well as many, many other people that I know through uh, the online keto and low carb space have been practicing this lifestyle for, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 years and experiencing really wonderful health benefits. But that's really not the whole story. So I think that even though you know that I'm a little biased and I firmly believe that everyone would experience much greater health, less disease, uh, better blood sugar balance, all those sorts of really good metabolic health markers, as well as being able to maintain a more stable weight easily by really switching to a whole foods-based diet. So what that means to me is basically just not eating anything in a package, not eating anything that your grandma wouldn't recognize. So that that's an awesome first step, but even that's challenging for people. So What I really wanted to do with the book is kind of share some of my personal experiences, but then also share some of the research behind why I am so passionate about having people at the very least start restricting their carbs somewhat, or if you really can't or don't want to do that, incorporating fasting into your eating style. So anyone can fast, and that's the beauty of it. You've heard me talk about it plenty of times before. I have a couple of podcast episodes on it, as well as some articles, and it's in the book as well. All that will be linked in the show notes for you. Um, But fasting, you can start doing that. Really just intermittent fasting on a daily basis has some amazing benefits. So starting to shorten your eating window. So what I go through in the book are all the different ways that you can approach doing intermittent fasting. And then I also talk about extended fasting, which has, you know, some other even greater uh, benefits and implications for longevity, for disease prevention, for anti-aging properties. And so really, 
you know, getting it all in one place, um, rather than having had all these talks that I've given about it and the articles I've written, whatever, having it kind of in a book where I'm not going to say it's by any means a definitive guide, but it gives you a really good idea of why you might want to start adding that into your eating style and how to do it. The, all the different ways, there's alternate day fasting, there are the different eating windows. You know, all of these can be practiced without calorie restriction. If you eat enough calories within your eating window, you can maintain or even gain weight with these practices. So it's not just about weight loss either. And that's really, if I could share or get people to take one thing away from the information that I share and the education that I give and all the research that I've done is that there are so many more greater benefits to this kind of lifestyle than just weight loss. And I mean, if you do need to lose weight, it's a wonderful way to do it. And of course, I'm going to talk about that in the book as well. You know, the biggest thing on keto is you are eating, first of all, you're prioritizing protein because for any age, but especially as we get to be older, over 40, over 50, your body starts to process protein less efficiently. And so you'll need to actually eat more protein as you age. And what happens in general, and especially for women, as as they get older, they start eating less and less protein. And that has a number of metabolism disadvantages, but it also is related to a lot of outcomes in older age as far as just your overall health, frailty, uh, sarcopenia. Sarcopenia is kind of age-related muscle mass loss. And that all has a number of you know, bad side effects. So trying to eat the proper amount of protein now, whatever age you're hearing this, start prioritizing it now, building muscle now, and then that'll just prolong your overall health through your lifetime. There's some discussion in the online community about, uh, you know, more protein, protein activating mTOR, which is a pathway in your body that's kind of a, a growth pathway, which obviously if you're trying to grow muscle, you need to activate that. But some people worry that it's also related to cancer. So obviously you're balancing this with periods of fasting. And so theoretically, they kind of balance each other out. The trouble with all of these theories and hypotheses, nobody really knows the answer, but I've heard lots of really intelligent, really smart people over the years talk about this. And basically the idea is that you're just, you know, like in all things, you're trying to find some balance around these things. But if you're eating all day, every day and never incorporating fasting into your life, that is really a dangerous metabolic uh, space to be in. So starting to add some of these practices into your lifestyle, just a small bit at a time. And you've probably heard me talk about that too before is building habits. You know, if you go to do too many things too quickly, you change the way you eat, you start a new exercise program, you start a new job, you want to meditate and you add all these things in at the same time. For example, a lot of time that people do that is at the beginning of the year with new year's resolutions. And then what happens generally in a lot of cases is that they don't stick because you're trying to do too much at once. So that's another part of the book is I kind of walk you through this starting at a slow progression. So first you're just experimenting with eating lower carb, cutting out some of the most obvious sources like pasta, like bread, like rice. Now I realize that we are an immediate gratification society. And so for a lot of people, this is difficult. They just want to lose weight as quickly as possible. But I can promise you, if you can move into this a little slower, start to build some better habits around your choices and what you're eating, it just makes it everything so much easier than as you move forward. Uh, the other part of this book, so of course I talked about the fasting already, and that's a big part of it. And you can do that no matter how you eat. Is it easier to fast when you are eating low carb? I believe yes, <laughs> because I've done it both ways. And I can tell you from experience, 
that while I can fast when I wasn't eating low carb, it was definitely more challenging. I would kind of get grumpy, headachey, that sort of thing, uh, because you're not starting out in a ketogenic state, right? And so your body's kind of going through these processes, eliminating all the carbs and glycogen in your body before you can get into ketosis. And when you get into ketosis, that's kind of where the magic happens. That's where you get some um, hunger suppression and some extra energy and some of these things that people experience like this sort of fasting euphoria after a couple of days. But when you do it, when you're already eating low carb, it's easier. So that's why I do like to encourage people, even if you don't go all the way to keto, just start really examining what you eat. Start at least having some days a week where you're lower carb, you know, not eating as much pasta, not eating a sandwich every day for a meal. Uh, you know, that's just extra bread that nobody really needs. And honestly, once you start making these changes and get into more habit around it, it makes it a lot easier. So I don't know why I'm stumbling so much with my words today, but um, we'll get through this. So just stick with me here just a little bit longer. So uh, talked about the fasting, moving into the keto part of the book. It's going to tell you how, and the, the tagline of the book is make keto easy. So this is what I've also experienced over the last six years when I've been learning about this myself, when I've been helping others with it, is that people overcomplicate keto. And it really does not need to be like that. All you need to do to be in ketosis is to restrict your carbs. All of this other conversation about do we moderate fat? Do we moderate protein? How much fat do I need? Uh, really, all of those, especially in the beginning, are not really that important. In the beginning, you're really just learning how to eat lower, lower carb, and that's all you need to focus on besides getting the proper amount of protein. So if you're getting the proper amount of protein and you're focused on that, and you're restricting your carbs to about less than 25 a day. It could be slightly higher for some people if you're very active, but for the most part, when you're in the beginning, you're really trying to get into ketosis, you're gonna take a few weeks, like I said, practicing these new habits, going a little bit lower carb, and then once you get to those really lower carb states, that's all you need to worry about for a little while, okay? So you might eat more fat if that's more satiating for you, especially while you're adjusting. And you might not get the exactly proper amount of protein for a couple of weeks until you're adjusted. That's all okay. This is where I'm saying that people overcomplicate it because you're doing these things sort of short term to get to a certain milestone. And then once you're at that milestone where you're fully fat adapted, and all fully fat adapted means is that good signs that you're fat adapted, for example, are going for hours without being hungry, or you might say you forgot to eat. So your body's blood sugar is so regulated and regularly and easily tapping into your fat stores that you're not hungry. And really that's what most of us want, right? We want fat loss. So you want those periods of time where you're not consuming things so that your body metabolically adapts to being able to run on fat very easily. It upregulates all these metabolic processes so that it can make take fat from your body, make it into ketones, give you energy, and you're burning fat. That's when you're fat burner. That's when you're fully fat adapted. That's when fasting becomes easier. That's when focusing on weight loss might be a little easier because instead of this, uh, you know, we've all kind of, if you've been, if you're in your thirties, maybe even in twenties, maybe you haven't heard of this as much, but it used to be a low fat craze. So the whole thing was this more high carb, low fat diet. And I was part of that. I was around it for years, did it for years. And I will tell you, like I was one of those people, I was hangry. I was mad and angry if I didn't eat. In fact, it was a joke in my family about wouldn't want to miss a meal. <laughs> That's, we still still say that now, even though they know that I fast. And now that I, you know, I can go, you know, if it doesn't rock my boat, 
if I have to miss a meal for some reason, if it's not convenient, if I'm on the road. Now, do I still love to eat and love to cook? Absolutely. But it just makes living your daily life so much easier when food isn't ruling your mind. Okay. So that's going to allow you to more easily focus on weight loss. If you've been around my content for a while, you know that one of my favorite things is making and eating gourmet food and pairing it with wine. You might think you can't enjoy wine though while trying to lose weight or stay in ketosis. And if you're drinking traditional wine, you might be right. So many wines are mass produced and full of sugar and other garbage additives that can wreak havoc on your health goals and just make you feel bad. Fortunately, I discovered Dry Farm Wines. I've been drinking their wine for years now and I love this company. They individually test small batch wines produced by vintners that are committed to the practice of dry farm production. Some of my favorites have been the Blaufrankisch variety from Austria and all all of the wines from the Loire Valley in France. Dry farm wines are free from excess sulfites and mold that can cause adverse reactions and hangovers. With no added sugar, each wine is tested to be under one gram of sugar in the entire bottle. Yep, you just heard that right. There's less than one carb in the whole bottle of wine. They're also slightly lower alcohol, which means you can enjoy a delicious wine pairing at dinner any given night and not end up with a hangover. You can receive an extra bottle for just a penny with your first order by visiting Dry dryfarmwines.com slash heal nourish grow. I'd love to hear what your favorite wine is after you try it and be sure to tag me on social with pictures of your wine and delicious dinners. Again, that bottle of wine for a penny is at dryfarmwines.com slash heal nourish grow. So that's the first two parts of the book. The keto and fasting kind of tells you all the benefits, goes through some of the studies, gives you some ideas around why you might want to do this. And at least, like I said, even if you never go low carb or keto and you're listening to this thing and like, whatever, it'll just, it'll change a little bit the way you think about what you're eating, about what you choose to eat, especially in the protein department. Because like I said, prioritizing protein should really be the biggest part of anyone's diet, no matter how you choose to eat. If you're vegetarian, if you're vegan, whatever, those make it much more difficult to get the proper amount of protein, but it's not impossible. And if you're focused on it, that should be a huge primary focus for you is to really get in the proper amount of protein every day if possible, every other day at the least. I mean, you want to do it as much as you can. Uh, so then the second part of the book is the 21 day fat loss protocol. So how I came to this was I've been playing around with this for a couple of years, talking to different people about um, kind of their psychological experience of weight loss and weight maintenance. And I've had that same experience for myself. Um, obviously, in my, if you hadn't heard this before, my degree is in psychology and my minor is in addiction studies. And I also have some grant graduate training in psychology. So all of this stuff around habit and particularly around ketones and how they affect the brain. That's one of the reasons that I am so attracted to this. And it's so important to me to talk about this is because the other thing that being in ketosis does with the anti-aging and all of that, it has some really amazing implications in your brain. So it, uh, your brain can happily run on ketones. It helps prevent inflammation in the neurons. There's this, all this wonderful research they're discovering about ketones and its implications on a lot of different neurological diseases like dementia, like Parkinson's, et cetera, et cetera. And also some of those kind of studies are listed in the book, but I think that will be something that we'll just keep seeing more of here over the next uh, five to 10 years as they learn more and more about how ketones are not only an energy system for the body, but they're also a signaling mechanism in your cells. So 
the second part, the 21 day fat loss kickstart. So basically what I discovered over years of maintaining my weight now is that, you know, everything's in flux. It's not like you just hit your goal weight. Say your goal weight is 170 pounds and you hit 170. And then every day for the next five years, you're 170. That's just not how it works, right? There's times of building, there's times of pulling back and there's ways that you can start to see, like, if the scale starts creeping up, what should I be doing? One thing that you don't want to be doing is letting it go too far, because as you know, you know, a lot of people can easily lose weight, but especially for some people, women, people with any kind of hormonal imbalance, people that have spent years in a caloric deficit, really damaging their metabolism, it is more difficult for them to lose weight. So it's much easier if from the beginning, you know, you focus on your weight loss for a period of time, you take some breaks so that you have a psychological better place to start when you start back up again. Um, but that when you're in this maintenance area or trying to maintain your weight, that you don't let it get too far out of control. So there's some ideas in the 21 day part about that. And basically the 21 day protocol is something that you can go back to anytime. So say the scale is stuck and you've been in a stall. I really wouldn't get too worried about a weight loss stall until it's been, you know, maybe more than four weeks. Some people even say six. I like to say four because, you know, sometimes your body just needs a little rest from the constant restriction. And maybe you've been doing the way that a lot of people do where you just eat 1200 calories a day for weeks and weeks at a time your body eventually adjusts. It's going to slow your metabolism. Your, your body gets used to you doing the same thing. And so it gets very efficient at processing those calories, processing the exercise you do. It's the same idea as an exercise with confusion in your body. So that, you know how they say with muscle, if you do the same workout again and again, and again, eventually you're not getting as good a result. If you're not upping your weights, if you're not changing things up, you're going to get stuck at the same strength level and not be able to progress. And it's, the same way with weight loss. And there's some studies that talk about this as well. You know, the longer that you're on a lower calorie diet for an extended period of time, the more likely your body is to downregulate your metabolism to match this new level, it becomes more efficient at processing the calories that you are giving it. And that's when you start to get installs. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. We'd also love it if you could post a review on iTunes. It helps us so much by allowing others to more easily find us. The Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast wouldn't be possible without listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support. Now back to the show. So the 21 day protocol really shakes things up. So not only going from day to day, doing kind of a slightly different style, uh, protein sparing modified fast is incorporated in the protocol. And so what that is, is basically a, it was designed many years ago, I believe it was in the sixties and seventies. The researcher's name was Blackburn. I have to look it up again. I, I'll put it in the show notes, but anyway, it was very effective. And what it was designed to do is to prevent people on bed rest from losing their muscle. Um, it's also for when people are doing these very low calorie diets, they were finding that people were losing significant amounts of lean mass from being on a low calorie diet for an extended amount of time. So they're like, is there a way we can counteract that? So what they discovered was if they give people basically the amount of protein that they need to maintain their muscle mass anyway, and then you just cut out the rest, no fat, no carbs, then you lose weight. <laughs> it makes it sound really simple, right? Now, the thing is though, I wouldn't want anybody to still without medical supervision, because this is how they did the studies. They had medical supervision and they did do this day after day, week after week, 
on this very low calorie, just protein diet. And people were very successful losing weight and maintaining muscle. But for the rest of us outside of metabolic word, it's not it's not reasonable, that wouldn't be sustainable, but it is a tool. And this again is another tool that those of you that don't wanna eat low carb, you can use a day, a two, maybe up to three days a week of a protein sparing modified fast. So super low calorie, just protein. And I describe how to do it in the book. You can also go to my new updated keto calculator at the website. It has a higher protein keto option. So if you do that and get that result, that's the amount of protein you want to shoot for all the time. No matter if you are restricting calories one day, if you're doing a protein spring modified fast, or even if you're trying to gain muscle, you'll even want to go a little bit more than that. But that would be the amount of protein for optimal body composition that you want to strive for every single day that you're not doing a strict no food fast. And that has its own um, metabolic implications. If you do a short term no food fast, there is very little lean mass lost. And one of the hypotheses there is that when you're doing a strict water fast, they do have, they have measured before and after, and there is some lean mass loss, but lean mass is not just your skeletal muscle, right? It's not what you think of as your bicep is, is your muscle. There's all these other things in your body, like misfolded proteins, uh, cells that might be damaged or need to be uh, disposed of and regenerated. And so that's the process of autophagy, which if you've been around here a little bit, you've also heard that word before. And so theoretically during water fasting, your body is doing this process of autophagy really strong. And the way that I've heard one of the world um, experts on fasting talk about it, and that's Dr. Jason Fung, if you've never heard his name before, but he's like, it just doesn't make logical sense that your body would go around and break down the most valuable tissue in your body when it's got plenty of other things it can feed on. It's got all your fat. It's got all kinds of protein that it can get from excess skin, from these misfolded proteins, from cell, cellular damage that needs to be cleaned up. So if you're doing a fast that's like, you know, up to even three days, the the idea that you would significantly lose any skeletal muscle mass is pretty out there. You could say, yeah, I don't think that makes sense, right? So if you just think of it logically in that way, I think you'll probably come to a similar conclusion as me, is that doing these fasts of up to three days, strictly water, that's fine because that's going to ramp up your metabolism. Uh, some studies have shown 15 to 20% higher metabolism on days that you are doing a strict water fast. And then on the other days, when you are not doing fasting, you are eating the proper amount of protein so that you're building and maintaining the muscle that you have. You're doing some strength training if that's part of your program. The 21-day thing does not require that. <laughs> but if you're already doing that, it's not like I want anybody to stop doing that. Um, and what else? And so every single day is a little different. So the, the way that you come out at the end of the week, you're going into the weekend and on the weekend you eat at maintenance. And so that fits with most people's lives a lot better because if you're still trying to diet on the weekends, it has one number one, it has a psychological effect. And again, I've experienced this over the years. I kind of know now, and this is part of the reason how I developed this program is that I know that on the weekends, I'm going to want to spend time with my friends. I'm going to want to have a couple drinks and actually wearing this uh, shirt today was intentional. So it says save water, drink champagne. <laughs> you know, you have to make this lifestyle sustainable. You have to make weight loss and being healthy or sustainable, or you won't stick with it. And so that's a big part of the program is eating at maintenance on the weekends. So that gives you some flexibility to still be able to go out. If you keep your eating window small, like six to eight hours, you can have a small, let's say we're called a lunch, whatever time that happens to be, you'll have a small lunch and then you'll have a significant amount of calories that you can still consume at dinner that will allow you to have a nice steak, a couple of glasses of wine, spend time with your friends and not be so worried 
every single second of every single day about restricting calories and being on this weight loss plan. But the net at the end of the week, when you do this program is that you will have restricted calories overall. So that results in weight loss. And you, then you only do it for 21 days. You take a break and then you eat at maintenance for a while. So this gives your psychology a break. It gives your body a break. It allows your metabolism to stay strong. There's just there's so many good ways about it. I know that for some people, they won't be as happy about it because it's not about losing weight as quickly as possible because you don't sustain this 21 days for you know, multiple cycles over and over, right in a row. The idea is that you do the cycle, you do it strictly because I'm not going to say, you know, it still takes some effort and some focus to, for this 21 days, you're going to do that, but then you're going to give yourself that break. You're going to give your psychology break. You're going to keep your metabolism high. You're going to start practicing other new healthy habits during that time. And I just think it's really a wonderful way to approach weight loss. So all that being said, <laughs> Again, even if you think you'll never go keto, I think there's a lot of good information in here, a lot of good things for you to think about. If you have enjoyed all of my free content, my recipes, all of that over the years, I will tell you this, you know, like writing a book is a labor of love and putting a little book baby out there in the world is so scary. It's been like really crazy to me that this is now actually out and available in the world. And you know, no doubt at some point, somebody will criticize it for some reason. And I'm very sensitive. <laughs> so that'll be just something I have to learn to develop this thick skin about. I mean, I have been posting content online for years, so you would think that I would be better at that, but it's still scary in a different way. But anyway, that's kind of an aside. But what I'd like to challenge you to do is that if you have enjoyed all my content over the years, the paperback is like 15 bucks, the Kindle version's nine. You can probably get it if you have Kindle Unlimited. I put it on there for the first three months. So my challenge to you is read the book, read at least some of it. If you've read enough that you feel like that you can make a thoughtful comment or leave a review, I would so, so much appreciate that. Same thing with the podcast, obviously. All of this stuff, what it does is, like I said, it's not like... Um, writing books is super lucrative or anything like that. But what it does do when you appreciate the content and you leave a review is it allows other people to find it. And my thing is, honestly, the few times that people do take the time to leave a review or to reach out to me and say something kind or say something about how much I've helped them or how I've helped them in some way, it really just makes it all so worthwhile. So I hope that you can sense that that is my mission. That is my goal is to just help more people. And so for me, the more people that can find this content, I mean, the internet is a huge place now, right? And of course, there's also all these very famous people out there writing things. And, um, you know, it's just, it makes, it's a very noisy place with content. So. So if, um, if that's the one thing I can encourage you to do is to please consider buying the book, read it, leave a review as soon as you can, ideally. And I will just thank you from the bottom of my heart for that. And, um, also if there is anything, oh, right now, I forgot to almost say this. So I am giving away a little bonus right now. Um, it's to the first 20 people that send me a screenshot with their receipt if this is something that you want to take advantage of, it will be a free copy of my first e-cookbook and also entry into a private Facebook group that I will host a coached round of the 21 day things. I'm here soon. So I'm going to wait a little bit because obviously part of the book, if you're really going to do the 21 day protocol, anybody could do it, but I'm going to tell you, it'll be very difficult if you do it and you're not already eating low carb, you could make it. 
I think you can, and I have faith in you, but it will be challenging because you'll definitely be more hungry and it'll just um, be psychologically more challenging as well, because you'll actually be eating super low carb during that point. And so if you just jump into it, your body will be adapting to, you know, low carb eating at the same time that you're trying to restrict calories at the same time that you're trying to fast. So I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, I can't stop you from trying it if you want to, uh, but what I'd really like to do is have you, you know, read the book, start eating lower carb now for like at least six to eight weeks to become fat adapted. And then we can jump into the 21 day program. And I want to do it at some point together, like as a little community. So if you're one of the first 20 people to purchase the book and then send me your receipt, you'll get those bonuses. Whenever 20 is up, I'm going to try to work with my partners on the cookbook to get some more, but I can't make any promises on that part. So unfortunately I didn't have um, control over that one. But anyway, I think that is all that I wanted to share with you today. I have got some more great guests coming up. I'm really fortunate to have recorded multiple episodes uh, far in advance. So it's nice because I don't have to have this crunch of constantly recording every single week to um, make sure that I have content for you guys. But really some of the guests that I've had are, have really interesting stories, uh, really interesting ways that they work with people on their health and wellness. Also, if you can think of anybody that you would love to hear more from, that you would love to hear me ask them questions that maybe other people haven't asked them or something like that, or you're just looking for a different type of health and wellness related or content, um, you're always welcome to reach out to me, make your suggestions, whether it's a specific person, a topic, um, a recipe that you'd like me to ketofy, anything like that, please get in touch. I want to have a conversation. I want to have an interaction with all you guys that have been so kind to um, listen to this show and to support me over the years. So anyway, hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. I am off to Detroit to see a concert tonight. So I'm super excited about that. And um, read the book. I'll be excited to see what you think. I can't wait uh, just to hear your feedback and, you know, to let me know what you'd like to hear more about next. So that's the goal of all of this is just to continue putting out some new information that has a different perspective and that will help you get your ultimate wellness your advanced nutrition and your healthy lifestyle all going at once. You know, that's the tagline. I don't know if you can see it behind me, but it's on the video, but um, that's really my whole mission. I tried to sum it up in that one line. So anyway, have a wonderful rest of your day and I will chat with you next week. This has been the Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast. Again, I'm Cheryl McColgan, founder of Heal, Nourish, Grow. You can find show notes for this episode at healnourishgrowpodcast.com. If you have feedback on today's episode or questions about the content, please email us at podcast at healnourishgrow.com. We'd love to hear from you. Be sure to sign up for our email list at healnourishgrow.com and subscribe to the show with your favorite podcast player so you never miss an episode. Join us next time for more information that helps you live your best and healthiest life. Thanks for listening. Content on the Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast does not constitute medical advice. Content contained in the Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast is not intended as medical diagnosis or treatment. Neither the company nor its owner, Heal, Nourish, Grow, LLC, nor any of the company's employees, agents, or guest speakers provide medical advice. The content provided on Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Please consult your medical provider with any questions about what health practices are right for you.